They be like, slow up, homie. You talking too fast? Got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's got you on some rally backs. This is going down. We call it the G-Splash. Brad has been finding things. Nah, it wasn't, wasn't bad. Uh, I'm not paying for it. Coming to Spain. Well, looky frickety do. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the dopest podcast on the internet, G Splash, where we talk movies, toys, comic books, sports sometimes, and even and every and any, all things pop culture. And this is the only pop culture podcast on the internet that never knows what tomorrow's wrong. You see that? Yeah, typo in there, Chris? It, it says no, wrong. I didn't see anything. You were just like, you're like wrong burgundy with the freaking thing. Whatever's written there, you'll just read. This is G Splash? <laughs> Welcome to episode 64. <laughs> seems like a long time. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter. My middle of my man's Chris Abucky Watts, aka I hate that Tom Brady, Chris oh, Watts, I hate AKA, Tom Brady, huh? That fucking. Oh, Tom oh Brady. man. What a, what, we're going to get into the Super Bowl, <clears throat> don't you worry, but my God. My Woo! God. Oh, man. I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever, but I've talked to you last week while I was in Atlanta. Oh, you've been a busy boy. I'm home finally. I'm finally home in lovely Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, 64. Can you believe we're on episode 64, Chris? Yeah, that's a lot. It's like, I mean, and these aren't, that's the num- number system for like weeks. Like, we don't do multiple weeks. That's 64 weeks. Damn. 64 weeks, that's like over 64 hours. It's over a 30th of my life. Uh, upcoming episodes this week on Splash Trash. Mad, we're talking comic books. Heck yeah. Chris, what uh, what did you read? Uh, I read uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, the brand new 2019 volume that they're starting right now. Uh, can't wait to talk good. about that. Cannot wait to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pretty good. Pretty I like, good. I like the new lineup. I yeah, like the new lineup. It's fun. Um, I read an interesting X-Man Alpha comic, number one. We'll get into that. Tomorrow will drop at 4 a.m. for you comic book nerds and geeks uh, like Chris and I. Next week, I have no idea what we're talking about because I didn't put it on the docket, but we're just going to move right into news. Something Chris, you good. ready for some news? I'm ready for the ready news. For Let's just news? dig into the news. Let's hit it. All right. Uh, this story... I should probably organize this a lot better, but fuck it. Um... Chris, did you watch the Super Bowl? Oi, hey, did I? Yeah. Most boring Super Bowl ever. God, it was so boring. I mean, you know, there's all like, there's been a lot of boring Super Bowls. Like people, everyone you talk to is like, oh, I remember Super Bowl 11. Like, damn, that was boring. But like, this was just like, so boring. It just like sucked the air out of the room. It was so boring. It wasn't like it was like, there were like two tense moments in the whole thing. Like that's over the course of four and a half hours. I'm expecting a little more energy, a little more pizzazz. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it started off with the interception from uh, the Rams, which I was like, yeah, let's get it. Um, I was so disinterested by halftime. You were there in Atlanta for it. Where did you, did you watch it at like a bar there? Was there like a party thing you were at? Like, how did you watch the game? No, we had like a private 
party um, at a space, a marketing pop-up. Um, we had like five TVs, uh, open bar, invite-only kind of scenario. And um, we watched it. But even the vibe there was kind of... More people, I think, were interested in, let's be honest, the open bar. I mean, that's what that's why I mean, people are all not, coming out not, for. Who are we kidding? Not, if we're going to call spades spades and aces aces, then everybody was like, I'm here to just drink for free, but this game sucks. If we had an open bar, we'd have a lot more listeners. We should just do a live podcast every week and just open bar. Just open bar. We'd have a, Come on down. Tell your friends. That's how you the, get in. People would love our podcast. You have to prove we to me prob- that 100,000 people listened because you made them, and boom, bingo, bango, you get free booze. So let's talk about some takeaways from the game. Since we got to talk sure. about the game, let's just burn through these. There's probably about five of them. Uh, let me see if I can. Let me, Chris, I'm just gonna run through the game from what I remember, and you tell me if I hit everything. Yes. Uh, first quarter interception, Rams. Rams ball. Boom. New England misses field goal. Great. Boom. New England hits field goal. Got it. Yep. We're, we're tracking. R- Rams hit. Rams hit field mm-hmm, goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Patriots score touchdown. There it is. Yep. Got that one. Uh, nothing happens, nothing happens. Nothing happens, nothing happens. Interception, game over. Boom. Nailed it. What was the final score? Was it like 10, was 10 to 3? 13 to 3. They, the Patriots yeah, I knew there was another goal. field goal in there. Yeah, yeah, I knew there was. Lots of punts, man. The punter was like, uh, oh. if I don't fucking get MVP, bro. Yeah, I don't like, understand they could give it to anybody else. Well, I guess they lost. If they had won, he probably should have got it because he's like, I was bombing them down there. My yeah, leg's I mean, exhausted. I, I, he was on field. He, the punter was on the field longer than Maroon 5. <laughs> zing, 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 zing. You're absolutely right. Uh, I think Maroon 5 was on the field longer than Tom Brady. Another one! It was, uh, it was quite an event. It was quite an event. How did you feel about the halftime show? Did you like it? Did you hate it? I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't like, oh my God. But I, Maroon 5 was a safe bet, for real. Let's be real. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they were irrelevant. In 2018. Safe draw. Safe draw. Travis Scott, I know there was a lot of flack for uh, him being a part of it because of the Kaepernick stuff and and all that. And I know I saw a lot of celebrities wearing a a really dope jersey. I I can't lie. It says, I'm with Cap, number seven, Mm -hmm. Raider Raider Colorway. Um, Thought that was dope. But... Big Boy, I mean, they had to have a local, somebody local, so they got Big Boy to do it. Overall, at least in Atlanta, the vibe was, like, still pretty fuck the NFL. Yeah, it was just kind of like, whatever, fuck these guys. Right. But, I mean, the NFL keeps shooting themselves in the foot, and I don't know. I don't know how they're going to... A lot of weird politics in that, and it's never going to change. I don't know what you do. Can't fix it. Can't fix it here on G-Splash, anyway. Yeah, I'm. I'm always. I'm just. We're, we live in such an interesting time right now, where you see things like being the host of the Oscars, or really of any award show, or being like the performer at halftime. Like it's getting to a point where there's nothing to be gained from it. Like even if you go out there and knock the freaking socks off the thing, people are gonna freaking make memes out of you and make fun of you, and like, and like people are gonna have their criticisms. Like there always has been. That. I know it's been like, oh, did you see the Who? Like they sound like a bunch of corpses up there singing. But all I'm saying is just more prevalent now. It's like, I'm going to go do this thing. You're going to pay me a lot of money. But it feels like it's just, I know it's any publicity is good publicity. But like, it just feels like it's all, you're just setting yourself up to be made fun of, to be ridiculed. Yeah, I don't, and I'll say this, which I think you wouldn't know unless the Super Bowl was in your town. is um, There was a lot of concerts that were leading up to the week that were kind of awkward lineups, much like Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy. 
Sure. Um, Foo Fighters, for instance, had run the jewels open for them. It's a good concert. Which is, it was a really. It was sold out. It was like the only concert that was sold out. I think um, Aerosmith had. They had a, a rapper open open for them. I was like, that's weird. Uh, Ludacris and Migos. Shaq had a huge party. There was lots of stuff going on in Atlanta, but um, though I found this very strange. And Chris, you tell me how you felt about it. But I read an article that SpongeBob fans were actually upset that there wasn't enough SpongeBob. It was ridiculous. Sweet Victory played Wait. for like thirteen seconds, and they got cut off by freaking sicko mode. <laughs> So you wanted more SpongeBob. You were the yes. one that was mad. Yes. In but fact, why? not only did I want why? more SpongeBob, because that well, is why? that episode especially, and that whole thing is such a huge piece of like I would say a six-year age range of people in all around the world, especially in this country. There was a big. This is a classic example of the NFL or whoever just not listening, like giving a breadcrumb when they could have given a piece of toast, like. So many people building up this. The guy, the SpongeBob creator guy, died. So this year was a big thing, and people were pushing for it. Like, we want to see this. We want to see this. This would be so cool. Everybody, everybody, everybody. And they just do like a quick little cutaway that gets awkwardly cut off. So Travis Scott can like come out of a comet or whatever. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, if they just played more of that sweet victory, maybe a minute of it, people would have been freaking rejoicing in the streets. It's a, it's a big deal to a lot of people. Wow. I know. I gotta. I'm on the other side of this, Chris. I gotta be like. Oh. Y'all got a little love, like, but who's like, who, what Spongebob fan is like, yo, I'm watching halftime show for this. And there were so many people that were like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be tuning in to see if they do it. I'm going to be tuning in. It's a huge demographic, a huge area of people that were interested and they blew it. I just don't see the relevancy. I'm not, I'm, you know me, I'm not a big Spongebob fan and I'll, I thought it was a good, I thought, I was like, oh, that's cool. They blended sickle mode. SpongeBob is a good. I thought. I thought it was dope. Yeah. They blew it. Yeah. You, yeah. You're saying yeah. they blew yeah. it. They blew it. You're saying oh, that's a shitty great job. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Dude's garbage. Good. I thought. I thought his intro. I thought that whole intro was dope. Yeah. Whatever. Thought, it was lame. People hated it. <laughs> People hated. It. I hated. Everybody it. hated it. SpongeBob fans hated it. The internet hated it. Whatever. Y'all are tripping. I mean, I think people expect too much from halftime shows, man. Like, that's it too. I think the hype's just too big. Like Maroon Five, like they played safe songs. I had people. People were upset that Travis Scott didn't play enough, but it's like it's Maroon Five featuring Travis Scott and Big Boy. Like it's not Maroon Five, Travis Scott and Big Boy. It's it's a feature. SpongeBob got a plug. Like get over it. Dumb plug. Should have been more. Should have cut Travis Scott. Should have sent him out of the freaking just been, place with, on a meteor. Should have just had SpongeBob play the halftime. That would have been great. People, you know what? There wouldn't be nearly as much backlash. You see the article titles. How could the NFL fix halftime show problem next year? Maroon 5 barely leaves a mark at the Super Bowl halftime show. Maroon 5's terrible Super Bowl halftime show lacks liftoff of soul. Travis Scott sucks. Everybody agrees. These are just normal headlines. Yo, you can't. The Super, I'm just going to say the Super Bowl can't win. Like, everybody needs a nah. Sammy Sosa lighten up. No matter what, it can't win. Unless it you just gives people there? money. <laughs> just hands Sammy people Sosa, money would be nice. Lighten up. Lighten up. It's a fucking halftime show. It's not a concert. What do you want? What do you want? Chris, what's the perfect, what's the perfect halftime show? SpongeBob, maybe like Katy Perry removing a top and like doing the Janet Jackson. Frozen on ice would be good. 
Oh, that shows even more trash. <laughs> Shit is straight garbage. If uh, let's Hamilton talk commercials. In its entirety would be nice. I gotta cut you off, Chris, because oh, the whole right. thing is commercials. There were some good ones. There were some bad ones. Boom, commercials. I think the biggest and best commercial that everyone's talking about is ironically from the NFL. And it only took them 100 years to make a dope commercial. But that NFL 100 commercial is probably the best. I was very impressed with it. It was not. I thought that it was going to be a, a four and a half minute commercial of them jerking themselves off. But it was really it took it didn't take itself too seriously. It accentuated some of its biggest characters. And it's, you know, it's like that their stardom and what they're famous for and just sort of celebrated the shit that we all love about football. So I, I was very impressed that I was really expecting nothing. Yeah, no, it had a lot of elements. It had, it was like fun. It even had a little tearjerker kind of towards the end when she, the girl's like, "Yo, I'm in this." Like, nah, you can't have the ball. Yeah, it, I thought that was it, good. It was great. They did a good job of balancing it. I think that's the best commercial to take away. I was kind of disappointed in the commercials this year. Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, obviously, I work in advertising, so like, I'm very, I'm watching the game, and I'm definitely watching the commercials. And there were some that stood out. There were some that I thought used clever things we've seen. You know, like T-Mobile's tech screen stuff is what's a lot you see on like Facebook and stuff now, but I think they brought that in the medium in a cool way. I think that, uh, there was some really, I think there were some really good ads. There was a lot of bad ads like there always is, but at the end of the day, I don't feel like it was like, there was nothing that shook me. There was nothing. I was like, Oh man, we're definitely be talking about this one. It was like, Oh cool. Did the bud, did bud Knight from the bud light commercials actually die? Like that'd be cool if he died game of Thrones style, like shit like that is more what we were talking about rather than, can you believe they tried this thing or that this one was so politically charged? Like, it just seemed like everything was pretty down the middle. Yeah, I was whatever about the commercials. I didn't care for any of the Bud Light stuff, Game of Thrones shit. You know, I like Game of Thrones. I didn't like the Backstreet Boys with Chance the Rapper Doritos commercial. Didn't like that, huh? I don't like them working together. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't like it. Well, Even though it's probably one of the better commercials, I just didn't like it. I'm, I got to give it a shit <laughs> straight garbage. And there's that. Yeah, I think the NFL one was probably the best one. Uh, yeah, that was that was a solid one. There, there were where was Budweiser? There, there's a there's a lot. I mean, oh, it is the Bud Light. Besides Bud Light, but where was like Budweiser with Budweiser the, had okay. the Bob Dylan. How many roads was the man down for you? You know that one? It's like the Dalmatian riding on the stagecoach, and then it turns like a train or whatever. Right. Talking about how they use wind power now to make their beer. How nobody uses corn so let- syrup and they use wind. Right, that whole, uh, that that Bud Light commercial where you travel across the whole land and trying to deliver corn syrup was okay. Yeah, I mean, Chris, overall, overall, I'm talking pretty game. Vanilla. Pretty vanilla. I'm talking. Let's let's we're gonna do this G Splash style. I'm talking game. I'm talking commercials and halftime show. Splash trash or meh? Man, I think it was trash. Trash. <laughs> I gotta agree with you, Chris. Garbage. Straight up garbage. I gotta give it a trash as well. I don't give a fuck about Tom Brady winning six. I don't think he's the GOAT. He's lost three. I don't care about these commercials. They're terrible. NFL 100, you lucked out. Got it good. Travis Scott was probably the highlight of the show. SpongeBob fans. Says nobody. mm, Whatever. Says nobody. Nobody believes Travis Scott was a highlight. When everyone has a point and and a criticism status, it's overall trash. No one's agreeing on anything. Yeah, but like, man, can you believe that cool thing happened? People are just like, Oh, that game was boring. Oh, the halftime show sucked. Oh, I can't remember any of the best ads. Like, you're like, you struck out. But what about SpongeBob? There should have been more. Shit is straight garbage. Save themselves. Anyway, talk, let's talk movie trailers. Tons of movie trailers came out. Spent way too much time on the Super Bowl. 
Lots of movie trailers came out during the Super Bowl, and not just movie trailers, but trailers in general. Yeah, I did love. I actually did like the Twilight, and we're probably hating because we said the commercials were trash. But these, the movie trailers probably was one. Well, of the yeah, pro- those are different. Those are just promos for upcoming shit. Yeah, they they are in their own category. Uh, the Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele. I thought you know me, man. that I'm was a crazy big Twilight Zone fan. Yep. I've known that I thought it was going down the line for a bit. I think that that was a really cool way to introduce that, like making it seem like kind of making it in that Black Mirror style because mm-hmm. it's going to be in that same mm-hmm. vein in that world, just a little bit different. And I think that like making it all glitchy and shit and then having him talk a lot like Rod Serling was. Oh, my God. Cool. That was the best part. Him talking yeah, like Rod like, Serling was leaning, the best He's part. leaning in fully to it, and I think that's yes. fucking awesome. So I'm, yes. I'm really excited for that show, uh, although now I'm going to have to get CBS All Access or whatever it's called, but no biggie. That I love the Twilight Zone. Always been a fan. Um, I'm If anybody could take it over, I think Jordan Peele has definitely earned the stripes to do so, and I think that uh, I think he's going to do some really cool stuff. I think there's going to be some really awesome coast, like uh, appearances by actors on there is my, my prediction. I mean, he's, this, he's, got connect- he's this connected. is what the original show was. You know, you, you had a lot of episodes where it wasn't right. anybody famous, but you also have a ton of episodes in there where there are people that were super famous at the time or up and mm-hmm. coming at the time, like Law & Order. I mean, if you just go on to casting, I mean, what they all have listed is people that have signed on. I mean, it's a huge, it's a lot of up and coming actors. It's a lot of yep. people that you're familiar with. It's a lot of solid actors. I mean, I could see this being a huge success just because, just like Black Mirror. I mean, every season of Black Mirror, they seem to get newer and better and better people. But I mean, even that first season has... John Hamm in one episode, and then then you mm-hmm. also have you have a lot of people that are British uh, actors that are up and coming, and and so I think that it's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and Jordan Peele's uh, crushing. He's killing it right now. He's he's a new Rob Zombie. Can we say that? Yeah, Is that but way better? But like, yeah, I would agree with that. I'll take that. Uh, yeah. Another trailer we saw was Hobbs Shaw and wow. Idris Elba. What do you think about this trailer, Chris? A Fast and the Furious spinoff? Yes, please. You're into it. I mean, I know exactly what we're gonna get, and and I I'm I'm tired of like, not I'm not tired of it. It's an easy thing to make fun of, but like at the end of the day, these movies for the past four films of the last eight or whatever it's been five films have all been enjoyable and fun, and they get more outrageous yep. every time, and we yep. just keep eating it up. I think this will be fun. They basically said, "Hey, these two have great chemistry. Let's give them a movie, and they can do the same shit you see in these movies, but to a higher degree." And we'll bring in Idris Elba as the as the villain, so it's gonna be fucking dope. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, no, the slow mo and the elevator scene is a I thought was a pretty fucking awesome whole scene, and I can't wait to see it in its entirety. Uh, these guys have hit it off very well. I will say that the superpower kind of element that they're adding, I'm not super on board, but I'll hey, overlook you know, it. Whatever, it's whatever fun. they want to do, go for it. Yeah. Um, go nuts! Shock me! Surprise me! Speaking of friends, I'm gonna throw a twist here. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. going to the Lakers. Not anymore. They withdrew their offer. The Lakers with that's the latest. Yeah. That's what you've heard. The Pelicans wanted something crazy. The Lakers offered their entire fucking team. They, they, they offered, offered They offered six players and and two picks. Yeah, they offered Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Ra- Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, their entire lineup. And two first-round picks in the future. What, uh, how many people are on the roster? 13? They give up five of them? Apparently, he won't sign with anybody other than the Lakers, the, Cel- uh, the Clippers, New York Knicks, and... There's a fourth team, but I can't remember. Celtics. No, that he was like, no, I, I won't. Good, I don't want. They, we're gonna have to get up so goddamn much for that dude. But look, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So if you don't get him in a trade, if he goes, 
it's like the it's, this is the Dwight Howard situation all over again. Right. Remember where? Remember he's freaking this amazing. Is, well, Dwight, Dwight Howard was amazing too when he was young. Right. I mean, but he's never been heard of since. That's true. Too big. He's got too big of a heart. Like a like a Great Dane. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I say. Well, we'll see. I'm sure it's going to be a big news thing dominating the radio. Yeah. So the NBA All Star Game is uh next week. The trade deadline is also next week, and then what makes it really weird is that uh, the trade deadline is, I think, in the morning, and then the NBA All-Star Draft, what they do, like 7 p.m., I think the deadline's at 3 p.m. So, talk about being weird, right? Like, be traded and then draft it, like, draft into an All-Star team? Yeah. They just wear, wear like, an NBA jersey. You don't wear, like, a team jersey. They're doing this draft rule now where it's going to be the greek freak and lebron james picking players oh, right, right, so right, right. dodgeball rules yeah and then to, i think 10 players to choose from from the starting lineups and then the second round is reserves and then the third round is either dwayne wade or dirk Nowitzki. basketball is crazy <laughs> i don't know how long this will last or how entertaining this will be but they've definitely built out a whole uh set over at tnt studios Mm-hmm. Which is just a Nike uh, advertisement, Nike Jordan advertisement. That's what you're going to be doing there. No, it's a, that's in Atlanta. Oh, I don't, I, who do you think is going to be drafted number one in what basketball? All stars, the NBA All Star draft. Oh, who knows? Who cares? Do people actually watch that still? It's the first time it's ever been James televised. Harden. James Harden. Is that an option? LeBron. Yes, of course it is. LeBron James is has the first pick. Uh huh. And the Greek Freak has second pick. Uh huh. But as LeBron James, you're saying you would pick James Harden? No, I pick Anthony Davis. Now, what kind of message do you think that sends? Fuck off, I'm LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. On that note, I'm moving on because I don't know how to end that that any better. I'm <laughs> um, calling this next story. I heart you, Ted Bundy. Netflix had their series about the tapes, and they played tapes, which is really boring. But I watched some of it. Did you watch any of it, Chris? Which one? The confessions, the confession tapes, Ted Bundy thing. Hell yeah, I watched it. You watch all of mm-hmm. it? I, didn't, I, I couldn't it. get through it. It's boring. Okay. It is. I mean, it's got. Oh, there there just... are a lot. I, my thing is this: it's four full hour segments on something they could have done very well in an hour and a half. I feel like this is the Netflix syndrome at this point with things. They're like, we have all this great stuff. Stretch it. Stretch it. Stretch it. Stretch it. Stretch it. Stretch it. Yeah, I think what they did was they took these tapes and they were like, hmm, let's find some clips to. Exactly. Like, like we have some 30 clips, good minutes of him talking. How can we stretch that over four and a half hours? I mean, these clips are just like random. I mean, clips it's, it's a it, of t- the time. It's objectively cool that they have that this guy was able to record the stuff and that we can see to get deeper into the mind of this fucking psychopathic monster. And also that we can know this story. We can all appreciate that there was someone that was so fucked up and that we all need to take care and look out and how uh, more than anything, appreciate how far technology is coming to protect <clears throat> us and communication systems, things like that. There are a lot of great takeaways in this thing. End of the day, it's so boring. I get tired of the same cop being like, so I was looking for the bodies and I couldn't find them. And I'm like, I know you couldn't find them, Andy Griffith. Get the fuck back to Mayberry. <laughs> Fucking go talk to Matlock. Jimmy uh, Christmas. Anyway, Netflix is picking, somehow managed to, Pick up the movie mm-hmm. with yeah, 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 Zach yeah, Zac Efron. What's it called? The streaming giant. It's called Extremely um, Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. That's what the movie's called. Great yeah, title. Yeah. You know what you're stream- in for. Yeah. The streaming giant has apparently edged out STX and Lionsgate yeah. 
edge closing it out. in on nine million dollar deal that would give them the U.S. rights and some international rights to the Bundy biopic pick starring Zach. It's not even supposed Efron. to be good. You pay nine million dollars something not that's not good, right? So I, I have heard that Zach Efron is absolutely amazing in the in yes. in the movie, but the movie kind of sucks. We'll have to wait and see, but. It was kind of interesting to me after Sundance. Uh, that's where a lot of these critics saw it. Um, that Netflix picked it up. Yeah, it's an interesting move. Maybe they want to own all things Ted Bundy. I, I don't understand. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And moving on to weirder things, let's talk the Batman. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's gonna be younger, and they're looking here on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We like to talk about comics and movies, and movies and comics, and comics that are actually become movies. But the DC universe has failed to get a bus anything dope after the Dark Knight trilogy, which I recently just rewatched, and it's awesome. That's great. There's been there's been some good stuff. We've talked about this at length. This whole thing's fucked up, man. I, mean, it's I can't. Dead. Done it's with like it. hard to follow. If I if you and I can't follow this, how is the average Joe supposed? That's to? a fantastic point, actually. I'm talking. Hmm, I'm talking. Point, actually, that's that's. That's intriguing. There, there. That's another great difference between the DC movie universe and the MCU that a lot of people don't talk about is that they've always the Mar- Marvel has always done a great job of keeping the barrier to entry really, really low. They give us great ideas, great interpretations of comics, and these great stories, and they get great actors, all that shit. But what they really do is they make it so that you can put in Guardians of the Galaxy and not feel overwhelmed. You can put in Thor and not feel overwhelmed. Like they're they're craziest stuff. Doctor Strange, not feel overwhelmed. Like, and every DC movie, almost everyone, I would say, you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, who's that guy? Am I supposed to know any of this? And like, me and you, like, we take it very, very seriously about paying attention to that shit. And I'll be like, am I supposed to have a relationship with this guy who's just appearing in this movie? I I, I don't know what's happening here. There's, there's a lot of mixed signals um, apparently they're trying to cast the Batman for 2020, but it's not going to be as now the DC, the DCU or whatever it's called is dead. So this Batman movie will be a start of a new one. I've read that too. However, they want to keep Wonder Woman, yes. Aquaman. That what a what a, somewhere what a relevant. What a mess! You have to say it's a fucking okay, mess. Okay, so that one died, but these two were good. So you two get to survive. And now you get to, unless they do some kind of fucking, flat, unless they do a Flashpoint movie or something where it resets a timeline so you get a younger Bruce Wayne, sure, I'll buy that. Yeah, I don't, I, they that's just don't lean, They I don't, don't know lean how into you things like that. This. That's the problem. They won't lean, I, I bet your bottom goddamn dollar that that uh, Marvel would like try and find a way to lean in. They won't, they won't do something where their next big movie is like, okay, this resets this dimensional timeline and this flips it on its fucking head. And now we get when we don't have to deal with old Batman anymore. We get young Batman now, and now we can move forward because we erased all the old shit. And let's go forward. Like they just wouldn't lean in like that. They'd be like, "We can fix this. People won't notice." And they're like trying to duct tape a hole in their boat. And like, oh shit! Right? Like, um, Marvel caught flack with the the Spider Man reboot after the reboot after the reboot. Yes. But look, but here's the thing too, which makes it even more sticky. You have a Joker movie, sure, coming out that's unattached, completely unrelated to everything now unattached maybe maybe in line which which may be in line with the batman you have birds we don't of know. prey and suicide squad 2 but it, no mm. dcu well i'm hearing that suicide squad 
is going to be a reboot with James well, Gunn. Yeah, because he's taking over. Well, good. Let him. I mean, they're basically just resetting things they don't like, which maybe that's the only course of action, the best course of action. So good for them. Uh, he's confusing people now at this point. I'm confused. I don't, I'm confused I don't know. too. They're, they're, they're cherry picking, deleting things, and trying to redo. Like, it's too much. We get a reboot of Batman, but he's younger now. We get a reboot of Suicide Squad, so they're going to be different. But we're keeping Harley Quinn from that one, and she's going to have this Birds of Prey thing going on. And then also, we kept Wonder Woman and Aquaman, so that's great. But then we're going to have to get a brand new Flash, probably, or a Green Lantern or some shit to try and... And then we'll do a Justice League, and we'll call that Justice League 1, so people don't watch the other Justice League. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fucking mess. And the latest, um, one of they do want a known star to play Batman. Yes, they do. The latest rumor that I've heard, Chris, and I'm Ugh. very, very upset. I'm not a happy boy. Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I got Twilight boy on the. <sighs> I thought we were done with that guy. I didn't like Ben Affleck. I didn't. <laughs> now we're I talking like about ben Robert Affleck. Pattinson. I gotta say, I when I heard Ben Affleck was playing Batman. I was like, nope, nope, not the one. I was fine with it. Uh, you were fine with it. You know, you know what made it fine with it was that you knew he was a fan, and he, you knew that he knew he actually cared about it. Sure, I could see that. But he fucked it up. He got too. He was unemotional. He was emotionally unstable to take on that character. It's a hard. <clears throat> I don't know. And then, you, and then you got the yo. This whole thing's a mess. I got. We got to move on. Move on. Let's go. We did it. But anyways, stay tuned for more on that. We'll probably do a whole episode about how absolutely insane it all is. Speaking of casting, I've heard that Fox and Marvel, or excuse me, Fox and Disney should settle everything by June. And the first thing on the Marvel agenda is to cast Wolverine. Yep. I've also heard that Hugh Jackman could possibly play Old Man Logan in some kind of future sequence. He already played Old Man Logan. He died. It's over. Let him go. But he also died in the future. We're not there yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'd be okay. I mean, look, if he comes back to give the nod, let him come back, give the nod. That's what we we all want it. We all want it. We all want it. But I'm afraid that that's the problem, that we all want something. We're not going to be happy with what we get. No, I think I think there's a I think there's a way to do it. Don't let it linger. Like, don't let it be a, a pivotal moment in the series. I think you can cast a new Wolverine and be like, have him come back and be like, hey, Bob, it doesn't work out or whatever. Just the small motion. So we see him in the MCU. He signs off. He gets to be next to Robert Downey in those series. Like, I'm talking 10 minutes. Yeah, he could do something. Hugh Jackman can give us 10 minutes. Yeah, he can do time travel and all kinds of shit now. So why not? Who do you think can play Wolverine, though? Who do I think could play a really good Wolverine? Who do you think? You got somebody in mind? Um, I think we've mentioned on the show um, Clint Eastwood's Scott son. Eastwood. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think Scott Eastwood could do it really well. I think he's, he's hairy a little enough. tall. Um, I don't think anybody really knows how they're going to tie in Fantastic Four, how they're going to tie in mutants. I think everyone's too hung up on um, where they've been all this time. Like, I don't think that matters. I think it's an interesting it's interesting too. I mean, how they're going to tie in that goes too. But like also just how you create a character because if you think about a lot of characters you translate and they can grow older they can age like all that shit but like if you're gonna pick somebody to recast you need them to have longevity it's like when you think about people like people that would be a front runner like let's say like a tom hardy would obviously do great i mean he's already in venom so whatever but like 
would be probably a great option, but he's also he's older. So like he doesn't have as much time left to make movies. So, but then at the same time, you can't cast somebody young in their early twenties because that's just not who Wolverine is. He's been alive for a long time. So you have to find a balance between someone that looks young, youthful, gotta be middle-aged. youthful, but also middle-aged. That's going to give you a lot of, uh, uh, at least, I don't know, five, at least 10 years in and not look ridiculous. Like Hugh Jackman, you look at X-Men one and you look at X-Men, uh, days of future past and you're like oh yes he definitely changed but at the same time you look and you're like but not that much that's a handsome devil that's a handsome yeah no you're absolutely right you it's like tom holland i think playing spider-man like sure we we told i'm fine uh, young peter parker great super easy to do totally believable absolutely he's like the perfect spider-man yeah. unless this is like we, we saw 1911 and it's a world war one movie i don't want to see a young wolverine and it wouldn't matter because he had bone claws and he's boring i don't think anyone can argue that they haven't casted anybody perfectly in their role, except maybe um, early stages of uh, <clears throat> War Machine, who was played by what's his name? Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. He fucked himself. Yeah, he fucked himself bad, right in the mouth. As well as as and as well as uh, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, which one? Uh, uh, yep, you know exactly what we're talking about. You know that guy. He's very Edward Norton. Edward He's Norton in the ass. fucked himself too. How funny would it be if Edward Norton came back as like? The genius Hulk, or like we're like ah, now we understand. It all came back anyway. Um, they've done a great job with casting, so I don't think it's gonna be a maybe problem. they'll go with somebody unknown. You know, maybe they'll just they probably will, gamble. or they'll probably. I mean, think about Hugh Jackman before Wolverine or before X Men One. What was he doing? I mean, look at Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Who t- who saw that coming? Yeah. But who was I mean, like she's well established. Think about that. That's a great thing. Who no. was not established when they cast them for Marvel movies? You know what I mean? Who is someone you were like, I don't know, I've never seen this person before. They're doing a great job. Uh, probably, what's her name? The Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen, great call. She was up and coming. She'd just been in a few things, but had done great. Mm-hmm. You know, you th- you go back uh, to even like, and I guess I'm bringing that because I'm thinking Hugh Jackman did a lot of like stage stuff, but I don't remember movies with him before the first X-Men. So that really launched his say, career. You could probably say Chris Evans. I don't know. Chris Evans was pretty, had, had made some big films. But he had been bombing. Well, I mean, still, but being involved in things is enough. Like having your name exactly. out there, not being someone like, who the fuck is this guy? Like Scarlett Johansson, yeah, no, well I... established. Robert Downey Jr., well established. Mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo, well established. Like everybody, I mean, maybe the Guardians, you could say Chris Pratt was still up and coming when he got cast in that. And Dave Batista hadn't done anything. So basically everybody, but Zoe Saldana had. It's an interesting thing to think about. I think they're good at casting. Can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, no, I don't think they're gonna miss the mark. I think as as high as the bar is, I don't think they're gonna miss the mark. I'm excited to see Fantastic Four and the X Men get casted. I think we're at, the exciting part of it all is like we just got through the B list like of characters from Marvel that were elevated so high. Now we're about to get to like the crispy good stuff. Some real good, some real good stuff. Some real happy things are gonna be happening. The bar is high, but I I'm have they missed yet? You can't say they haven't. It's gonna be splash all the way oh that's gonna do it for the news man we tapped out on a lot of of news news. we do too much news we should never do that much news we should do three news stories and then be done always it's too much news no we gotta keep the news we do too much news i've never heard any well i hear a lot if you have any complaints if you have any complaints please write them in G to the splash BC at gmail.com. Just go to our latest fa- or Instagram post and just put too much news in the comment. Whatever it says. Please do. Please <laughs> motherfucking do. Let us see. <laughs>
Alright, today on the show we're talking the best of M. Night Shyamalan Long Bang Bang. I can't wait. I have much, <laughs> many things to say. I got quiet real so M. Night quiet Shyamalan. Uh, M. Night has finally finished his trilogy as far as creating a universe, which was not planned at all. But everyone, I think, was excited for when it came out. But now, after it's out, how do we feel? Glass came out. Uh, it's got a very negative score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's what a thirty-eight. Uh, I but think, but it's got a pot. It's got a positive score in the fan realm. Fan realm. It's got a thirty-six from critics and a seventy-five from the fans. Chris, you know how we do it here. It's splash trash or meh. I've seen Glass. You've seen Glass, and the trilogy all in all. How do you feel about? class uh i was the, it's trash you call it trash <laughs> i was so the only word it. that comes to my mind is underwhelmed okay i mean the the whole the thing of the movie itself we had some good stuff unbreakable comes out 18 years ago 18 and years ago 19 years ago where we are now uh, and, and it's, it's solid. It has a lot of issues yep. with it, but it's also has a lot of things that are really cool and unique and interesting. And we want to see more. We don't see anything for almost 20 years, 17 years. And then we see split, which is a really, really good movie. Well done. Not I mean, maybe, maybe this guy's starting to get his bearings again. He's had, he's had two movies do good in a row. And, and, and then they, that being the oh no, my goodness, this will be, this is a, uh, this is a, uh, something that's tying into Unbreakable now with Bruce Willis. Let's see what happens in the next movie. You have two separate movies. They have a sequel called this one, Glass. And it just it does not deliver on, on expectations. Wow. So you're saying this is trash? Shit is straight garbage. I, I, I got to go with trash on this one. I'm going to give it a mess. I agree with you. I think there was definitely some stuff. Questionable, by all means. I think that uh, two-thirds of the movie is good. I could not agree with you more. In fact, I would give it a mat or I would give it a splash for the first two thirds of the movie. I think that the way that it introduces the fact that this is a this is a unbreakable and split movie where uh, Bruce Willis's character, who is unbreakable, if you've never seen that film. He is a man who survives a train crash. He's the only survivor on a big train crash. Turns out he has super strength. He can't be hurt. Uh, and he's kind of coming to terms with being a superhero while being helped by this guy named Elijah Glass, who is, uh, he has very, he has, oh, his name's not Elijah Glass. But anyways, he goes by Mr. Glass. And he, uh, he, if you touch him, his bones break. He has like a disease. And anyways, long story short, he ends up being the villain. He's a terrorist who blows shit up because he's looking for the opposite of him. He feels like if there's someone as brittle as him in the world, there must be someone uh, on the other end of the spectrum through evolution super strong. He also, in his own right, is kind of a superhero or a supervillain, if you look at it that way, because he has like crazy intelligence. But and that's another problem. In Glass, he's much smarter than he was in Unbreakable. Not the point. Uh, uh yeah no I, I i agree i think i think the downfalls we keep coming back to this train crash which was fine i did i did love m night's cameo i thought it was it was funny 
I think it's a cool cameo, especially They're because he actually irrelevant. references his ca- he references his character from Unbreakable, right. which is cool. He's he's in the insecurity shop and he's the guy at the counter who's like, "Hey man, you used to work at the stadium. Those were my rougher days, but I got cleaned up." And Unbreakable, he's a drug dealer at the stadium that Bruce Willis busts at one point. Um, but back to what I was saying on the one thing though, I think that they tied in really well because then also we know that the the Beast in Split, this person has twenty four distinct distinct personalities. When they all combine, they turn into this thing, the beast that's like superhuman uh, and he murders. He's like a, a supernatural serial killer uh, that he gets away in the end. We know that. And so the fact that the first third of this movie, the first act is Bruce Willis hunting this guy down as a vigilante, them running into each other and being captured. And then you have your second act, which is them in this psychiatric hospital where they're being treated for this superhero syndrome, both him uh, the the split beast guy, and then also and being, uh, Elijah Glass, is and they're there. being treated as this is you're not a superhero. You there's something in your brain that's triggering something yeah, you, else that's making you think that you are. You have a front. There's frontal lobe. Uh, in your frontal lobe, there's this stuff that happened to you from a, a trauma you had when you were young, yes. and those two things are interacting to make you think you have a superpower, but you don't. Like these are all just. These are just illusions you're having. We see this is a thing that I'm still the doctor Sarah Paulson is studying. Um, I think it sets up the psychiatric hospital really, really well. I think it gives us a chance to see the characters mm-hmm. and kind of interact with the, them in their own ways. And also the strongest part of the movie for me is the fact that uh, it the way that they are that she speaks to them and the things that we get to see as the audience and know that they're realizing and how they start to doubt themselves, I think is really, really excellent. I think that. Yeah. It's it's a cool examination of, hey, this is not just normal vigilante type superhero movie. Now there's this element that's psychological, but also it's them saying, well, maybe this isn't true. Like the split personalities mm-hmm. even being like, we don't really know if this is the real thing. Like we were sure this beast was the god that was going to save the world. And now we don't know. And Bruce Willis being like, maybe I just got lucky. Like maybe I'm imagining this stuff. Right. Um, I think they touched on that very well. And then obviously the third act was... Oh, just the wheels just fucking come off. They just come right off. It's a typical M. Night move, right? It's a twist on a twist on a twist on a... It just keeps twisting. Yes. Um, It keeps twisting. I did like like the idea of there being a secret society. I did like... Yeah, spoiler alert for everyone in the third act, the reason the wheels come off is because you get to this big climax where glass helps them escape... Or helps the beast ex- 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 escape, geez, escape, so they can go and show the world that super people are real. And then Bruce Willis breaks out to stop them. There's a big epic fight. This is great. And then all of a sudden, they all three get killed by this Illuminati type group that has a black clover tattoo on their wrist. And their whole existence is to is to make sure that superheroes, when they pop up in places, that they get killed. Uh, that they go there and take care of them so that there's no more superheroes so because then it wouldn't be super, fair so for the rest yeah, of the world. So people don't believe that there's Yeah, because, oh, if people knew this was real, then, like, what chance do normal people right. have? So we're we're dedicated to killing people who are discovering their powers. And fine, okay, but it comes out of fucking nowhere. It's just like, oh, oh okay, like, I knew something was up. Right. But a secret society and, oh, we've been around 10,000 years and all this comic book stuff that you've been going off about about how this follows the plot oh well those are just stories that we've tried to cover up for years of people oh yeah yeah it was just so much of I that think where it turned awkward for me when the home when homegirl was like somehow infatuated with her kidnapper 
And I know that's a thing. This isn't. And I know it's a no, thing. No. But I was like, no, 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 don't do that. And they did it. And I was like, mm. the whole point, uh, and this is a problem that you see. This is a problem with this movie as far as just the writing goes. The what is supposed to transpire at the end mm-hmm. require at the very mm-hmm. end requires certain characters and a certain uh, a certain group. So what way it's like they, they it's like he said, this is what how it ends. Now, how do I make it end that way? Well, if it's going to be a trifecta where each of these three heroes or super, super villains or whatever you want to say, they each have a representative that work together to release all this footage. Right. So the world knows that superheroes are real. Well, okay. Glass has his mom so she can come. Uh, and, uh, and Bruce Willis still has a son. Fantastic. Well, we have the girl from split. Let's bring her back. And she can be like this nurturing character that in the beginning wants to like be like to see him, but also help the one personality. That's the good personality of all 24. It's supposed to be the main but then there's all the other fucking stuff. Like she, it, it was yeah. that, that I agree. That was un that was unbelievable to me too. I was like, yeah. girl, you watch this guy climb walls and eat the fucking intestines out of a girl you knew. Like, you're not going to be like, you're, can, you're, what are you going to do? Bring him fucking home? I mean, you're I'm, in control. This will you know, end absolutely well for I me. I know, I know some weird girls and girls who have done. That's true. And it's a psychological like thing. And I know that stuff, but Stockholm syndrome and being obsessed with your captors or whatever. I mean, and these are psychological things, but like, I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe that she was, it seemed like she was just doing it because she wanted to be closer to this. Yeah, one I, didn't personality. Buy, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it at all. No, no. one's going. No one. No the, one's doing the that. whole end. There's like too many. The whole end fell apart. The whole end did fall apart. Um, here's why too, and I have a big thing. This is where I really want to go. Chris has been. Uh, hold on, before we get into, Chris has been very anxious to, to light this movie up. So, Chris, light it up. It's not so much that it's it's lighting up. It's lighting up M Night Shyamalan in some ways, but also just me saying you're getting your back yourself into a corner because he. M. Night Shyamalan has made a lot of movies. The majority of them have been bad or very bad. And it all I will say really this. does stem. I got to stop you there. I'm going to say he's six and seven in movies that are good versus movies that are bad. So the majority of his movies have been critically analyzed as bad, but he's about 50 50. So continue. I mean, but then you look at these movies and how can you disagree? He's fifty. I mean, these are bad movies. If if he put out a if he put out a movie next week, I'm going to see it. Uh, I mean, sure. He's they, fifty. They, they've made my, well. That's not even true. So a lot of these didn't make any money, and some of them operated at a massive loss. I'm giving them fifty fifty. I think the movies that he's made that have been terrible are fucking terrible. But the movies that he's made that are good are actually really good. So you he's hit or miss. You got to throw the hit or miss in there. I don't. He's made. I think, uh, like I said, six good movies, seven, that's 15 movies, not 15 He's movies. directed thir- 10 movies. No, no. And 11 movies. Oh, it's going down. And, a, and, a, and Google it. One, worth, two, worth three, four, five have been positively reviewed. I don't uh, And And ones I would agree with at being positively viewed. His best movie is an 85%. Which is six cents. And it... And with the sixth sense, his worst movie is a five. A lot of his movies hover around there. 11, 5, 18, 25, 36, 44, 52. There's only one movie that's marginal and that's devil. And devil didn't make any money. Last airbender is a 5%. It generated the third or the fourth most money he's ever made on a film. And it lost like a hundred million dollars. 
he directed 11 movies. He's and he also wrote Stuart Little, but I mean, he wrote no, he directed The Happening. Ay ay ay. That movie. That movie uh, said, he wrote. Have a whole... Yeah, he didn't even direct Devil. I'm wrong on that. He just was the screenwriter. He was a producer screenwriter. And the producer. Somebody else directed it. So let's talk Here all right, let's talk is about the thing. Because he mostly, if you look at this too, he's the screenwriter for all these. And this is where we really, the wheels come off. With Sixth Sense, he hit it out of the park. I mean, there's no denying that movie changed, I would say it changed film in the way we watch it in some ways. It changed, it was a genre-shaking thing. He he became the twist master. And the thing about this is, and this goes back to everything, this goes back to, mostly goes back to detective fiction or any kind of mystery novel. And the idea with that is, as you're going through something, the crime or trying to solve whatever's going on, you as the user, the reader, the viewer, whatever, there have to has to be when you get to the end, you have to be able to go back through whatever that was and pick out the things that were off. If you have a twist in there, and this is where a lot of movies fall apart. If you have a twist in there that there was no conceivable way that I could have seen that coming, that's not a twist. That's just... Uh, that's just a blindfold like that's just hey guess what this whole movie is about this well fuck you it's about this and if you go back with the exception of one thing I feel like in Sixth Sense all the scenes when Bruce Willis is having that epiphany that he's been dead the whole time you can watch that movie again and go wow it is all true the only one that misses is the fact that he thinks he can go downstairs at his house but then when he's there he realizes there's like an armoire in front of that door and it's possible even if you watch the movie you can see the armoire in front of that door at some point but the, the whole thing is, I can I sh- could have picked up on that. His problem is that in order to keep those twists going, because that one did a great job, these other movies where there's some sort of twist or some sort of epiphany, having that come through, he had to start blurring the lines on things. Like... Almost like a like a like a really pretty cake that you have, and you're at a party, you're not supposed to eat the cake yet, and so you just like swipe a little frosting, and then you're like, oh shit, I better cover that up. And then but then you just like, keep uh, doing Marshawn that, and you Lynch. keep doing that. Yeah, and you keep exactly, you just keep doing that and covering up until it's all fucking a mess, and that's what happens with movies like The Village and uh, Lady in the Water is another one. Uh, a glass plays into that same damn thing where there are certain cues and hints that something is going to happen, but everything's so blurry that there's no way to determine what that thing is by the time you get there. And moreover, you have these things like the village is a fantastic example where by the end, it doesn't, it's almost too out there to make sense to you. Like, okay, so it makes sense that the monsters that you guys were the monsters to keep us in the village. That's fine. But then you're going to tie me in with this thing where somebody steals one and he comes and I kill him, but maybe these are real. And then bingo, bango, all of a sudden I climb a fence and I'm in the real world. And this village was out here. Like there was no way to know that that was a thing. And, and that makes it feel like there's no reason to have it there. Like what was the point of this all even happening as a twist? Or the thing ends up being ludicrous in a way where you feel like you got gypped, which is one thing I feel like with Glass, but also I feel like, and this is a great movie that I really enjoy, I feel like this with Signs, where this whole thing happens, and at the very end, because of a vision and a dying on a car and swing away and all this shit, and the girl thinking the water tasted funny, all these things come together so that water is these creatures' weakness. Sure, the way those threads tie together is very interesting, and I think when I first watched it, I thought it was super powerful, but the more you watch it, you're like, the fuck are these aliens doing here? This plant's 60% water. It rains all the goddamn time. Like, what the hell are they doing here? Did they not do their research before they flew here? Like, 
it just it felt like a cheap out and that cheap out plays over and over the happening what the hell ha- what the, the 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 wind and the earth's mad but if we stay in small enough groups it'll forgive us doesn't make any sense after earth is just a mess just like the last airbender so that doesn't even count and you have Wilson, glass falls I mean, into that have, same problem you have will smith we didn't know that that, that secret yeah. society yeah yep. yeah oh will smith oh he's the, whatever glass is the same big issue where at the end this twist that there's a secret society holding back heroes and all through this there's been this dialogue of like things that relate to comics and how it just you get to it and you're like the fuck like i didn't know these were what what I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't set up for this. It was never hinted. You just showed up, killed everybody that I kind of cared about or was interested in, and just walked away. Oh, oh no, and the footage got out. Fuck off. Yeah, I I, I have to, I can't argue with you. Although, I will say that uh, after Oith with Will Smith and that weird accent that was like Chicago Elmer Fudd. Oh, yeah, face space Chicago. Yeah, I no, I hate even though I hated After Earth, I wasn't mad at like the idea of it. But look, unfortunately, after Sixth Sense, M Night gave us the twist concept. We loved it. He tried to up it every single time. Science was good. Um, Unbreakable was good. We got to the Unbreakable has a lot of holes though too, and I think it suffers from the same exact thing. Where, but but you got these weird buildups. You got, but you have to think timing. Mm, yeah, because no, you saw it, you saw it recently. You, you got to think. Yeah, at the no, time. I, I take that back. I take that back. There's no real twist in. There's no real twist like that in Unbreakable. Because like it's just a store. I mean, even the thing with Samuel Jacks, the end kind of actually makes sense. Unbreakable's biggest crime has nothing to do with the plot. It has completely to do with the fact that it's just too long. There's too much empty there's space. It's it's so slow and, I think and so the, boring. The time at that time in movies was very cinematic of like the draw out spacing and things like that. And yeah. like scene it's shots. Like, let's just cut this. Um, like just cut that like, part even, out. I, That's a whole boring hour. Because even in glass even in glass, you saw the, the flashback of when he his child pulls the gun on him. He's like, yo. Yeah. I thought that scene was amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean unbreakable. There's a lot of good stuff and unbreakable. I mean, it, it's a reason that it's it's great and in its own way. And what it did is is really good to kind of start this train rolling. Unfortunately, the payoff was just so not good. By the end of it, it was just like, oh, man, I just wasted three movies. You, no, I got to stop you because like you said that unbreakable was still pretty good. Yeah. It's a good movie. It, it it's it's an interesting concept that's executed well. I think, it's, it's, look, here's the thing. But it just it it just is kind of boring. That's the only thing that's wrong yeah, with it. That's yeah, why it's not a better score. When you look back on it, it's drugged out to be a more cinematic type of movie. And I think Sixth Sense is the same thing. There's lots of parts in that you're like you could fast forward too. But I think by the time Signs came out, we're like, oh, water. Well, that's a twist. Uh, a little awkward, but we still we'll, we'll accept it. But then the village came out, and when the village came out, we were like, "Nah, M Night, your twist in this one is fucked up." Yeah, because you showed us a monster. We wanted to see a monster. Yeah, I don't want costumes, and then to find out that this is like a freaking national. Park I remember somewhere. seeing that trailer and being like, "Yo, this movie's fucking scary as fuck." Oh yeah, and I, I was ready for and a then, horror movie. And then when I saw him in the fucking ranger booth, I was like, "What the." F- yeah, it's like oh, that's no. what that was the first spark of like, okay, he's his 
He's looking to make a twist that's so crazy. We obviously didn't expect that whole thing to be in current time in this build-up wall. And I think uh I think that was a that was the start of it, right? Like Lady yeah, in, it, I mean the, the lady in the, the water was after that. Lady in the water. And then the, yep. and then happening. And you, a bad fairy tale, a bad science fiction film, a bad fantasy film in Last Airbender. A, a middle a middle of the road horror film in Devil, a bad science fiction film in After Earth. And then he comes back a little bit. He had, does the visit. The visit it's was a found dope. footage using that style. I like the twists visit. it in some ways. I, like the I thought visit. it was good. I I, I, it didn't. Well, because he played it straight, it didn't have some wild twist. It was just a solid. It was a minimal twist. A point A to point B horror movie. Twist. Yeah, and it was it was a handheld movie too. Yeah, I mean the found footage that was a big gamble, but I mean the movie people liked it. It made some money. It got a sixty six, and then he hits it with Split, and everybody's really over the moon. I mean that most of that film that film is really good. A lot of its success comes from the fact that James McAvoy is so James damn McAvoy good at playing that. fucking kills it with all those. Like he is all such of the, a bright spot. He's by far. That's what I really hate to take away is like even in Glass, he. He's great. Every time he changed characters, I was like, "Man, oh, these boys killing it!" Killing I mean, there's it. times where they don't. There's no hard cut, or or there's no there's it's no a hard one cut take. or quick cut. It's a one take. He'll be talking in a one take. He'll change and be somebody else, then change and be again. The camera's tracking him the whole time. So, as an actor, he's just switching, and you don't notice. It's so flawless, like you buy into it, and he's great. And also, I think Samuel Jackson was wonderful. I think that in both Unbreakable and Glass. I don't. I just don't know if M. Night Shyamalan doesn't understand how to like use Bruce Willis or write like he's just a dud. Like it's not Bruce Willis's fault because you go back and watch Unbreakable and like he's just supposed to be this kind of like soft. You know, I don't want him to be goddamn Superman, but I want him to be a little more dynamic. Most of the time he's just like, well, what if I can lift that? Like easy, George. Uh, you know what yeah, I mean? No, I think. But he's always worked with great talent. He's always had talent at his. That's true. I, I'm not mad at Glass. I here's what I here's my overall take on the whole trilogy. He started off, made this movie, then he made Split, and he was like at the last minute. It my I think the issue is that it wasn't thought out to be a trilogy. It turned into one, and then like in his head it was, but then he's like, well, no. I had this idea called split and it had, it was supposed to be a part of this thing, but I can make it. So it's not a part of that thing. And then he made the movie. And he's like, shit, I think this would still fit as part of that. Thing. No, no, I think, <laughs> I think he made, I think he made unbreakable 20 years later or whatever. And then we, he made split. And he's even, I've even seen him say this is that nobody knew Bruce Willis was going to be on set all the way to the, the filming. Like it was like, last minute thing and he was like i don't know if i'm gonna make another one we'll see how this one does oh yeah yeah there you go it says in september 2010 uh Shyamalan revealed that the second planned villain from the first film was moved to the planned sequel but that character had now been used in upcoming film that he will write and produce so he he wasn't saying i'm not making this trilogy what he's saying was i had this idea i'm gonna use that character somewhere else and they were probably like well fucking tie it together no, he even said that the studio didn't know that Bruce Willis was going to be in it until it it was all done. Uh, it's described as a thematic sequel to Unbreakable, and that was released in 2017. It was revealed that it actually takes place in the same storyline, 
with uh, him referring to the end. Unbreakable is part of the Unbreakable trilogy. The Fallout film split was made the back doors. Oh, a back door sequel. That's interesting. You don't see a lot of those. I think this trilogy overall holds up. I'm I I think it's great. I think I've I've enjoyed every movie. Uh, I loved Unbreakable. I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I I think I would watch Split alone. Probably that's it now at this point. You're really you're gonna you're gonna throw away Unbreakable. Yeah, because now because here's the thing: knowing how it all ends is too upsetting. Like to to be like nah. the payoff to all of my time nah. sucks. And I you know and in one way I don't actually blame him because building a superhero world cinematically outside of what people know and are familiar with, mostly Marvel and mostly DC, hands down, making a superhero movie is very difficult to do. I don't, and we should never undersell what Marvel does because they make great films and DC's had their own struggles, but building your own superhero universe outside of all that, even in some ways, building one based on a vertigo or a McFarlane universe, like that it's a really fucking hard thing to do. And I think that he had a cool idea, which is, what if superheroes were just starting to come out and like how they'd be normal people discovering these powers and it wouldn't just be like, I'm going to go outside and fucking jump over the moon and then be happy. Like it's, it's supposed to be a really human experience, a really intimate experience in that way. And I think that that's good. I just, my biggest thing with glass is when it was done, all I could think about was Hancock. It in every way reminded me of Hancock because that movie was trying to do the same thing, build a superhero and a superhero world that nobody was familiar with. And then it did not deliver because again, the last third of that movie is absolute trash. Mm. As soon as Charlie's Theron has powers, that movie is garbage yeah. because none of it is makes sense. Nobody answered our questions. We, it just happens. And then they have to run from each other for some reason that took me 10 years to figure out. Uh, oh, and again, I guess these movies might be related because there's a group of people hunting them and they always come in pairs just like this thing. So, uh oh, am I seeing the Hancock 2 is going to be called Hancock Breakable? Fuck, I don't know. It just, it's a difficult thing to do. I think he took a good swing at it. I appreciate Unbreakable for what it is. I appreciate Split and I appreciate Glass, most of Glass, but the end just ruins the whole thing. Yeah, Boom. I see what you're Chris, I 100% say that I, I see what you're saying. I can understand what you're saying, especially when you make the comparison to uh, Hancock. I thought that twist in Hancock was terrible. Once uh, Charlize Theron hit him with a refrigerator or a pan, I was <sighs> like, I'm off that. Um, and then, like, they couldn't be together because uh, they're toxic together, but they're so great far apart. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. I think if you're building a new yes. superhero trilogy, look, the muddy it's going to be a tough. It's difficult. It's dif- difficult for sure. It's so. I difficult. don't think I don't think M Night, in my opinion, is off so far as much as you think. I think him building the universe. I think where he made the mistake was killing them all. Yes, I think absolutely. I think that drowning Bruce Willis because he's afraid of swimming and but drowning him in a most shallowest of puddles is he wrong fight back because he's tired yeah no like, I, the whole movie is unlocking his potential and he gets 100 down into a puddle i don't think Come on. i don't oh, beating oh. samuel l jackson to where he can't move and just killing off the characters was a hundred percent a wrong move i think having them maybe make it to the city and having them out but i think this comes down to 
art an artist trying to take their art and be different than trying to do too much and that's where he's fucking up and i think m Knight's always brought it i i think he's always given us what we expected tried to give us what we don't expect and i think that's where he falls short because if you look right like the village by the time the village comes out we're expecting the twist what what's really who really is the monster but then telling us that it's like right. modern day, like, nah, we're, no, we're not buying it. Lady in the Water, the happening. To tell us that the fucking trees are breathing and, and taking away everything from us, nah, not buying it. Mark Wahlberg, you got Mark yeah. Wahlberg in it. Like, we'll go see anything. As a scientist. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Yo, I'll go see anything with Mark Wahlberg, but the minute he tells me that, hey, guys, I think it's the trees. Like, no. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I was a biologist, guys. You're never going to believe this, but you think of these trees. Say hi to your mother for me. No. You think they're making people kill themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? God. Oh, my God. It's like Bird Box or something. Whoa, Look, yeah. mm. the visit was dope. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the visit. It was creepy. It was weird. It was handheld. There was problems with the movie. I'll give it that. But all in all, the twist was there. I think the twist was expected, and I think that's why it was okay. And I think that's why it did well. Because people kind of expected that twist, like, oh, I don't, maybe the the grandparents aren't really the grandparents. Sure. Accepted. That's a that's a logical thing, and that's a real thing that could very possible happen. Sure. Um, I think I think with Split casting James McAvoy to do all these characters worked. It killed it. Tying it into this other series, all in all, uh, was a risk. I think after Split and tying Split to Unbreakable or yeah, Unbreakable, I think it was a smart move. I think it worked. Mm-hmm. It was unexpected. It was a twist after the twist after the twist. But I think I think when it came to Glass, I think um, there was too many twists at the end. Yeah. I think that uh, the superheroes killing them off in a very minimal way, I think it was, spo- it was supposed to be a cutting deep emotional thing and it just felt stupid. I would have preferred the superheroes kind of take being like, no, this is a real thing. It's not something that's in the lobe of my brain. We're going to fuck this whole. I think I think taking those three characters, maybe to go against this secret society could have set this whole universe. I would have watched watched another movie. I would have watched another film if they had just barely escaped or something. I don't know how they play it out. I would watch another film where the three of them have to work together in a very dysfunctional, fucked yes, up way yes. because one of them's a serial killer, one of them's a mass terrorist, and one of them's just a dude trying to be a hero. Them trying to fight, because now the story's over. Like I'm, the, because this footage is out there. This whole yeah, I didn't like that ending. Evil people like is done. Either. No, oh, because you know what we and that's another problem. We live in this world. We live here, so we are very, very aware of the fact that. So what? It's a viral video. It'll be forgotten probably. Like oh. even if it is real, someone will just say it's doctored footage that it's not real stuff. It was a big act. There's no one there to, to fucking defend it, and it will disappear and move on with every other video we see online. Like no, it just didn't feel like that was enough. One hundred percent. I feel like a team up, uh, oh, a fucked up team up, like you said, where it doesn't go right. You know, they they end up rooting out this this or exposing getting all these people whatever but then you know obviously there's the tension with them and fighting and then maybe you do get a beast slash thing fighter maybe you i don't know i just think there was a lot more room to run to be like let's merge these two stories into this one let's do and then let's take that to the next level. yeah i think let's take the last one 
I do think that... Uh, and then have the Beast kill Glass, and then have Bruce Willis kill the Beast, and then the movie's fucking over and everyone's happy. I mean, I think I think it could be even bigger than that. I think I think Glass could have potentially set this up to be like, hey, there's an... In, like, we've all had our differences, blah, blah, blah. This guy's fucked up. He's got like 24 people in him. I'm digging deeper into the situation, but don't touch me because I'm, I'm fragile. And then we can send Bruce Willis out to detect stuff. He's... Because Bruce Willis is the detective... You got the beast and all these characters like who's fucked up, but yeah, the strength the, of the team. The, and then you have, and then you have Samuel the, L. Jackson, LeBron, the brain, the brain, and the detective. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's a better move. I gotta agree with you on that. But I'll, I, I gotta give it a mad because I enjoyed all of it all the way up until that third act. So if I'm taking in three movies and only disappointed in the third act of the third movie, I gotta, I gotta give it a splash on the trilogy, but. If I'm talking just the movie, I got to give uh, Glass a meh. Um, but, man, M. Night, I think he just... Go- He's a listener. He loves the show. He, he, Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. He goes overboard. He goes overboard with it. Um, but... Hey, maybe he'll... You know, if you look at his stuff he's made, every movie is a surprise. Whatever he's going to come out with next, it will either be absolute horse piss or it will be enjoyable and fun and creative, even if it's not 100 or... No, he's never had a movie get a 90%. But the ones that I that he has that I agree with, I'm like, yeah, I enjoy that movie. Like, it's fun for these reasons. But you never know. He could come out next week and be like, this is great. Or it could be like, that was a dumpster fire. So he always keeps me guessing. <laughs> yeah, no, M. Night, M. Night is, is the man when it comes to um, shaking things up. He's an original guy, and you can't take that away from him. I think he's one of the best directors, creators of our time. Good or bad, he's put. He's he's not willing to let something fly, and I I think I like that. But all in all, some you know what you're getting when you get an M Night movie. You know, you already know. We ain't gotta you tell know. you. Y'all know. It's either you know there's a twist coming. You know, you know that it may not be. You know, you might be seeing a shitty movie, but that's what I love, right? Like, I love going in there, and rolling the dice. That's what it is. You're rolling the dice. Rolling the dice. When you see an M9 movie, you're rolling the dice. You know there's a twist yes, coming, and that's all you know. There was a twist on a twist on a twist, though. Oh, and buckle a- your belly. <laughs> this is going to do it for this episode of G-Splash. We talked M9. Tell us your favorite movie. Tell us all the theories you have of the trilogy that he put together over the last, well, 20 years? 20 years, almost 19 years. He put it together last minute. Could you imagine if there was a trilogy surrounding Six Sense? I mean, mm, too much. It's a lot for it's a lot to take in. But tell us your favorite M Night movie. Tell us your favorite M Night twist. Let us know if you have a different theory on this split glass unbreakable trilogy universe. Uh, you can hit us up at G Splash BC or hit us up on the gram at G to the Splash. G to the Splash. I'm Bradley Baxter, my man Chris Bucky Watts. This has been G Splash. We out of here, baby. Bye bye. G Oh,